we're back. It's your favorite chemist in podcast form. Yeah, we need a name for this, don't we? I mean, we've been calling it Chemist Confessions, <laughs> the podcast, because we're really cool and very creative. Yeah. Submit your better <laughs> podcast name here. Help out a chemist. Yeah. Uh, as we said before, we're horrible with naming things, so don't let us do it, please. Aquafix used to be called Sploosh for about five minutes before Victoria almost kicked <laughs> Gloria into the abyss. <laughs> uh yeah so let's see what happened um was halloween for you yeah it just wasn't very festive it feels like it went by really fast mainly because we didn't really do any sort of celebrating life was a life's been a little crazy so yeah but i'm pretty excited for like the family chaos of thanksgiving I'm not. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Gloria is too nice to say it, but I actually signed us all up for the turkey trot randomly. I didn't really give anyone an option, so everyone had to wake up Thanksgiving morning to go do a three-mile run. So when Victoria said she didn't really give anyone an option, she just <laughs> went around asking people for shirt sizes. And <laughs> next thing we know, we're all standing there doing a 5K in the cold going, what? Wait, why are we here? <laughs> no one was pleased with this decision at all. Um, and also, it's actually wine o'clock. Oh, yeah. So last week, we... Decided to be wholesome and had some tea and chocolate. Mm. But today is wine o'clock. Yeah, it's called a Shiraz, but I have no idea what that is. I know nothing about wine, yeah, so it's same. some sort of red. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And uh, anything to whine about during wine o'clock? Oh, no. <laughs> you can't Ooh. ask me that. That's just, that's, that's open. This whole episode just being, wee. <laughs> I will say, though, this week does feel kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, I think this time of year is always hard for us because mm. we have to, we want to, we always want to keep up with the content, mm. make sure that we um, follow through with what we, how we started and what we want to do mm. uh, in the first place. But then we also have a lot of the product planning, mm. um, new launches, hint, hint, wink, wink, maybe new holiday promotions. It's, yeah. it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, it's exciting, but I agree. It's like, you know, you've got too much on your plate and you just feel like, oh, could I've done this portion better, right? Yeah. I think it's a constant feeling of, I know I dropped the ball somewhere. I just don't know where. <laughs> and I know I'll find out in the most not pleasant way possible. Exactly. And then the crazy part is people are starting to send their Christmas list of oh, gifts. Right. So then like to know that that's on the horizon is also a little daunting. Yeah, I have no idea what to get anyone for Christmas yet. <laughs> yeah, so, but anyways, I'm sure we will be sharing more about the holidays for us as we do these episodes. This concludes wine o'clock for now. <laughs> Gordon's like, wrap this up quickly. <laughs> Before it becomes a therapy session for everyone. But anyway. Yeah, so let's just start off with a little bit of news. Um, so one of our really good friends, Joyce, um, <laughs> shared uh, a skincare line, or I guess not even a line, a uh, skincare spa called Face Gym. Oh, God. Yeah. So uh, they describe their, themselves as a high-intensity sports massage that's more like a workout for how it stimulates the muscle myofascial release 
and response to increase muscle toning, circulation, and lymph drainage that in turn promotes intercellular exchange. That just sounds like a lot of modern mumble jumble that reminds me of the traditional Thai face massage called slapping your face. (laughs) (laughs) What is that, Gloria? Do tell. (laughs) So everyone YouTube this right now. (laughs) It's actually really entertaining. So the the idea is the same. It, It basically wants to release any sort of tension, toning, circulation, the lymph drainage factor is strong. Yeah. But it's this very practiced and seasoned mom, grandma looking lady. Mm. And you sit there and she beats the crap out of you. <laughs> like full palm to the face. Oh, yeah. Very strategic palm to the face to maximize damage. Fatality. How, how do I sign up for this? That just sounds so satisfying. How do I sign my boyfriend up for oh. this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so um yeah i think for us i mean it's it's an interesting angle i don't know what intercellular exchange is or what is being what are exchanged. they exchanging <laughs> right so you know it's just fun, cool fun discovery if I you guess. have experiences and you would like to give your feedback yeah know. we are curious so i think it's funny because um Victoria and I obviously being in this industry and being in the know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we, we, we're not nearly as, as excited about trends as people are, right? Because <laughs> our job is to debunk these trends. Or, right. But this is the type of thing I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Maybe I'll try it once. <laughs> Slap the shit on me. See if I look pretty on the other side. <laughs> yeah. So um, also another thing as we've like decoded that I thought about is... Just like funny extract names you'll read. Chemists are not biologists. Yeah, so. and and also our pronunciation, as you sometimes can hear, is just so. Uh, I always do the voice of like having <laughs> extract. Right. So I actually compiled a couple that I thought were kind of funny. So one being hibiscus. Sabdarifa flower extract. That sounds really jazzy, like Sabdarifa. (laughs) (laughs) And then Terminalia Ferdinandiana fruit extract, which is the cockadoo plum, which also doesn't have a great name either. Cockadoo plum. (laughs) I feel like this has to be named after like someone's wife or something. (laughs) But I feel like Terminalia just doesn't sound very pleasant. Right. And also Ferdinandiana. Like, how does that come about? Bless you. (laughs) (laughs) And then my favorite one of all is Humulus lupulus extract, which is hops, just like beer hops. That sounds like a Harry Potter character. I sometimes think like that's actually how she came up with some of the spells. It's just looking at plant taxonomy names. Right. That, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So anyways, and then finally, we just want to talk about it for a hot sec. Herbivores prism. Uh, well, we <laughs> do a lot of decodes and this one caught our eye. Because we, I mean, we saw the transparent percentages on the label 12% AHA and 3% BHA which surprised us because you know 3% BHA is actually quite high it's actually over the OTC allowed level right but (laughs) (laughs) upon further inspection it's a bit of a bait and switch product yeah so if you look into it you'll see that they actually say it's an AHA 
blend of 12% and a BHA 3% of a naturally derived willow bark extract, which should have everyone's red flag tingling a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the thing is, like, these type of labeling really... Really Grinds our gears. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is, AHAs, uh, you can use 10 to 12% daily, no problem. It's a high-level active. But I will be shocked if this product actually has more than 1.2% because it's extract-based. Right. It's just highly misleading to call it that. Right. So, you know, it's a pretty bottle. Um, but again, this is one of those where it would be like, if you're actually looking for some real chemical exfoliation, definitely give this a pass yeah so uh one more thing is that this is why we really encourage everyone to just give the inky lotus a quick skin because if they say they contain they're rich in lactic acid or glycolic acid make sure those words actually pop up on the ingredient list and just anyway so um love the pink but (laughs) yeah Anyway, next. <laughs> All right. So for today, uh, we're going to actually do a focus on oily skin. Oh, oh, oh oily skin. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be really quiet here. No, now. no, 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 no. We can't have that. And so for those of you who follow us for some time, mm. you'll know that um, conveniently, we have very different skin types. Yeah. So um, our forte and our personal experience really complement each other. Yeah. So I definitely am drier. So uh-huh. uh, Victoria will lead the discussion here. <laughs> well, in the first section, what we're going to do is just kind of talk about common ingredients you'll encounter with oily skin. Uh, the first one being powders. Anything like silica, methyl methacrylate cross-polymer, aerogel, PMSQ, all of these are very flighty powders. What does PMSQ stand for? Polymethacrylate. <laughs> especially when you see claims like oil control. Right. So with that, um, what I will mention, being someone who has definitely tried to go oily-free, choose things that are meant to mattify, um, I actually don't do quite well with powders, um, strictly because in the end, my skin by end of day feels really dehydrated and by end of day is still oily. So, you know, just from... Uh, more of a personal review, I would mention that, you know, if you're, you need a quick fix, let's say you're going on, you have a big dinner, you know, and you want to just kind of um, get a little help with, you know, not being too oily and shiny for pictures, um, this is a great quick fix. Um, But for long-term use, um, it hasn't been that successful for me, so... Yeah, I've also heard that um, it's actually better to find the right blotting paper. Mm. Is that true? Does that work? Yeah, actually, mm. um, I used to use the Clean and Clear. Mm-hmm. I think everyone does. The blue sheet. It's like a rite of passage, right? It is, it is, especially in high school. I bought one. I didn't need one because <laughs> I'm so dry, but everyone <laughs> had one. <laughs> yeah, and then um, it did okay. Um I will say it doesn't feel great when you like slide the paper around and know you're still oily. Um, But 
Uh, I've had a chance to try out some of the like Japanese brands, um, mm-hmm. which actually feel like um, a very absorbent paper, and mm-hmm. that is awesome. Um, my sister also has done a lot of um, just personal testing herself and has got great reviews from that. Yeah, I think the ones that you can look for, I never remember what they're called. It's the one with like this woman's face, right? This yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one exactly. Um, my sister has actually. Uh, gone as far as buy that brand wholesale from eBay and a <laughs> sketchy like purchase just to get that. So yeah, we'll definitely um I'll I'll dig up a link if you guys you know need a want to try a it reference. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, second one is definitely niacinamide, and this is really um an ingredient for all skin types, but. Um, specifically for oily skin, it definitely has shown to help even with oil control, um, two to five percent. And crazy enough, we talk about how you can't shrink pore size because pores don't have a muscle to shrink. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a study that actually ate, even measured pore size and found them to actually be smaller. Yeah. So, and the idea is that it, it regulates oil con- uh, mm. oil production, like Victoria said, and mm-hmm. that in turn can help with the appearance mm-hmm. of pores. Mm-hmm. And something to add here is um, why niacinamide is a favorite is a lot of these oily skin-focused ingredients are drying, but niacinamide yeah. actually reinforces your barrier function. And That's you such a good point. Become more moist at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, moist. So moist. <laughs> Uh, and I think another um, classic ingredient is BHA. Because of sal acid's ability to even um, exfoliate at the pore level, um, it's kind of a great supplement to um, kind of your exfol- exfoliation routine. Mm-hmm. So the downside to BHA is mm. while it gets deeper than AHAs, um, it's very... It, it can be fairly drying. Mm. This is a this is a personal thing. There are people out there who find cell acid super mild, does nothing for barely anything for them. Mm-hmm. And then there are people like me, Grandham Dryer. I know there are people with oily skin that have the same problem where cell acid is too effective. It's just ultra drying. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons for that is because a lot of people who do deal with oily skin um, also deal with acne. Mm-hmm. And so if you are using acne medications, that can definitely happen. Um, so I agree. Um, so speaking of acne, why don't we just get into it? Um, uh, uh, acne, active <laughs> corner. <laughs> that I have dealt with acne ever since I was in 13 so it's like a lifelong passion for me in a way just because of just all the taboo around breaking out especially when you're going through like school but I also feel like people who have acne issues in the teenage years they end up winning the marathon right mm. they end up having much better skin later on because mm. one they're less dry yeah (laughs) so you get less wrinkles but two you learn how to take care of your skin early yeah that's a good point but you make a ton of mistakes in the beginning (laughs) which i guess is good because early on your skin's all youthful Mm -hmm. so it's great that you can make those mistakes while your skin is really able to bounce back just to kind of give you a history of 
my acne progression um, started in high school and then went to college. The stress of school um, made me break out so much that I almost considered Accutane, um, but didn't go through with it. And then, I mean, I'm about to turn 30 and Woo! I'm still <laughs> Yay. Vegas 2020. Woo! <laughs> But Welcome I come to the dark side. <laughs> Glorious, by the way, just so excited for this to happen. Well, <laughs> so that we're both in the third club. Well, you know, I yeah, I'm a little salty. <laughs> <laughs> you would think one year doesn't make a big difference, and I before I'm one of those people that really didn't feel any type of way yeah. before turning thirty. Yep. You handled it really well. Up until midnight the night before. And then I'm like full on Joey mode. Why, God? Why? (laughs) Not to Joey. Not to Joey. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, acting. (laughs) Yeah, so... um, Yep, still now. Till now, um, I definitely still deal with breakouts. Um, So... I guess the one thing I should mention is when I first started trying to treat acne myself, and this was um, as a high school kid, I did every wrong move possible. I didn't put moisturizer on. I didn't use sunscreen. I dried it out with multiple topicals like uh, clean and clear, 10% BPO, plus a sal acid wash, plus another sal acid topical from Neutrogena. You nuked your face. Nuked my face and then didn't take care of it. So... Lots of scarring. I also, and still do, um, pop my pimples. So um, (laughs) that's how I started. And Mm. then now um, I will say that I think not caring about it as much has helped. Mm -hmm. Just having the mindset of like, it is what it is. Um, Because nothing stressed me out more in college was you're stressed, then you break out, and then you stress about breaking out. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just like the most vicious cycle. So getting into some acne actives, I think the most common cocktail is adapalene slash retinoids and then BPO and cell acid. Mm. Um, This is definitely a better conversation to have with your derm. Um, But the only thing that I do want to keep in mind is that um, just don't start everything at once. Like when you break out, Don't grab for five products and introduce all of them at the same time. So just start slow. Do you have a personal preference, like the BPO Mm. versus Salasa route or the Adapalene retinoid route? Uh, Adapalene definitely is my favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. Just overall gentleness. Um, A lot of times with BPO, um, it just be too strong and... Um, a lot of my acne lesions would feel very drying and tender, just slightly singed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you just can't help Kill it, with fire. right? Like five. Per- also, the bleaching of the pillowcases. Very tired of that. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so from what I've heard, so guys, this is a personal thing. It mm-hmm. doesn't hurt to try them all out because yeah. they're um, OTC. Yeah. Because I mean, they're. This is just, it just depends on your case, right? Mm-hmm. I have friends who say retinol, like cosmetic retinol works way better for them than adapalene ever would. And oh, I also have interesting. Friends, yeah. And I also have friends who say that adapalene works really well, but mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of luck with cosmetic retinol because it seems like they get irritated before mm-hmm. any, they see any results. So. Yeah, the, it's, I mean, I'm sure everyone who's dealt with acne knows that 
acne is very personal mm-hmm. and acne comes from all different mm-hmm. you know problems it's acne comes from internal problems stress hormones I guess the misconception with acne is that it's because your face is dirty when mm. oftentimes that's just not the case at all. Actually, over cleansing is a huge problem, yeah, right? With teenagers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me purge my face of the devil. Right. So, you know, we've often, you know, been able to chat with a lot of derms and they find that um, what they see is people will come to them looking for acne treatments. And then we'll talk through the routine and realize they've stacked 15 different treatments, all with acne actives, and just realize that it's like, holy cow, the the first step that really needs to happen is just dial it down because they'll have cell acid in their face wash, then they'll use a glycolic acid toner, and then it just compounds. So Actually, that brings up a good, friend, uh, good point. We met our friend, our new bff kiki oh, um yeah. and you went to pharmacy and she made a really good point of um no matter who you get your skincare advice from mm-hmm. be it your germ your mm-hmm. esthetician your friendly neighborhood chemist <laughs> <laughs> um just be 10 times more skeptical if they don't ever, if they don't even ask you what your current skincare yeah, routine is yeah you know? exactly all right Um, And then another thing I do want to mention is Accutane. Um, This is something that um, definitely is a better conversation with your derm. But if your derm were to mention Accutane, um, I do want to say that as an older soul, uh, we used to think Accutane was really harmful. Mm but now I, I do want to mention that my perception of that has changed. Um, I will say my both my younger sister and brother have gone through Accutane. And I've realized that the dosing of Accutane has gotten much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've seen some really great results. Now, um, all of the side effects of dry skin, um, you know, just really drastic changes in um, their skin all around, that is normal. From what it sounds like um but overall it seems like it's not as painful and traumatic as it used to be so that's definitely one avenue that i think um i would be more open to now if i were to if i did need it yeah, yeah just talk to your doctor mm-hmm. and an important concept here is always dosing really matters mm-hmm. whether it's otc cosmetic yeah. or prescriptions yeah so. Yeah, cool. Okay, um, I think this part, definitely going to bring Gloria in and force her to talk. Um, oh, no. Post-acne marks and mm-hmm. post-acne scars. And um, for those of you who don't know, Gloria is awesome at pigmentation. <laughs> that is one of her specialties. So um, I do want to mention that post-acne uh, healing is a, also a really big concern. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, any advice, Gloria? So, first of all, this is the advice that no one wants to hear, but mm-hmm. this is the reality of it, is patience is yeah. key. Yeah. Um, the reality is anything that tells you that they can fade your scar or your pigmentation in three days is lying. Yeah. Or it's some sort of cover-up. It just, it's, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, first off, we beat this horse dead and dead again um but sunscreen (laughs) sunscreen is very important so a a little side note other than my experience as a chemist Mm. rather than rather than um post acne inflammation type of pigmentation 
I have a, I have a butterfinger syndrome where I burn myself really badly, <laughs> like five times in the past three years. She she's has a wound right now. Yeah, like <laughs> woo. I uh yeah, it's I I never I don't wish this on anyone, but I have a lot of experience dealing with post burn um level of post inflammatory pigmentation mm. hyperpigmentation. Mm. It just takes. A while. It just takes patience. I have this burn mark on my wrist that I've had from four years ago. Mm. That um, it's pretty much faded, mm. and for a while I was really self conscious about it, and I took really good care of it and really faded. And then one summer when it was like almost completely gone, I was like, ah, fuck it, it's probably fine. <laughs> and lo and behold, after the summer, it comes back in full force. So sunscreen, uh, sun protection, is super important. Yeah, I. You know what's funny is we went to a trade show, mm-hmm. and this one lady, she asked us about pigmentation. And I told her I was like, well, summer is just not an ideal time to really start that up. And she's like, you know, I, it's a long process and it requires a lot of diligence. And she actually, she goes. Thank you for telling me the truth that this is not a quick fix, you know, mm-hmm. and that during the summer, I'm not going to see drastic results, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, yeah, it's a concept that even for in the context of acne, I think is hard to kind of imagine because first of all, I think after the acne lesion is for the most part gone, um, what happens is there's a footprint mm-hmm. um, and people believe that that footprint is a scar. So it's really important to know that, like, don't freak out mm-hmm. just yet. Um, know that that's, you know, eventually supposed to fade, but the time frame for fading can vary between, you know, six months to a year. Um, so that's why. It's like breaking up and finding your ex's underwear, like, three months later. <laughs> it's just how it is. It takes time to right. sort through all the remnants of it. Exactly. So, Gloria, I have to ask you, <laughs> what is you would say you're a good intro to, you know, trying to treat pigmentation. So this is a this is kind of like acne. Mm. Um, it takes a team of actors, yeah. but it also takes, um, it's also a little personal, right? Mm. Um, the gold standard is hydroquinone. Mm-hmm. I personally don't have a lot of luck with it just yeah. because I don't have the patience to stick yes. it out because it affects my skin. I, I, I can't stand the dryness. My skin's already mm-hmm. dry, so the side effects of it is just, it's not worth it to yeah. me. Um, but if you, if the pigmentation bothers you more than anything else, hydroquinone is the gold standard. Mm-hmm. For me, what works really well is high levels of glycolic acid. Mm. Um, that to me, because I'm dry and the increase, the better cell turnover helps with um, texture. Mm. And that in turn just gives your skin that better glow and look. It might not because, it might not be because the pigmentation is really completely gone, yeah. but your skin's overall healthier, um, better more health healthier looking mm-hmm. so you don't have you, your pigmentation just looks less pronounced okay got it. i have a lot of friends who um said azelaic acid worked really well mm-hmm. for them our uh, friend fitty snails and skin charisma uh, has talked about um talked about the 20 percent azelaic yeah. cream i'll be honest like that works okay for me mm-hmm. it, it does progress but it doesn't work as well in the long term mm. so it's a little personal but i will say that to reiterate everything that we talk about all the time is concentration matters a mm. shit ton in <laughs> pigmentation because um these actives are intensive mm-hmm. and they're aggressive mm-hmm. and it just needs to it's practically like a drug fda don't listen to this episode yeah so just um know that 
whatever active works for you, make sure it's at the right level. So, like, uh, about acylic acid, the reason why we brought it up is you need, the, t- the studies that show that it works for pigmentation is at 20%. Mm-hmm. But um, popular acylic acid products, like, um, like the Ordinary or Skin other room. creams, yeah, they're also, they're only at 10% or yeah. under. So yeah. that's like a whopping half or even less amount of what you really need. Yeah. Because these are not OTC products, they're not prescription. So it's like a wow, wow, less. So this is something that just to pay attention to. Yeah, and I'll add on, I, I've definitely tried azelaic acid at 10% mm-hmm. and I actually didn't get great results. Mm-hmm. Um, the best thing for me has just been Retin-A. Yeah. Um, the other thing I do want people to keep in mind is um, we actually, when we think of, for someone who goes through acne and they have that, you know, that post-acne mark, um, a lot of times you don't want to moisturize it for fear of, mm. r- like, re-breaking out, basically. Right. Um, but what people don't realize about scars is that when it dries, it actually leads to a higher chance of scarring. Um, so it's better to keep that area moist, um, which moist. is really, <laughs> yeah, which is really hard um, as someone who deals with breakouts. Yeah, and that's the thing is, um, now that Victoria mentioned it, yeah, moisturization is really important. Yeah. If nothing else, it's really important for the overall health of your skin. Yeah, and sunscreen. Yeah. Like, if you don't put sunscreen on those post-acne marks get darker so that's why you know so guys if you want to learn about skincare basics there's this great podcast called chemist confessions podcast episode five talks about skincare basics (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um and then the next uh kind of thing about acne is actual post-acne scars a quick uh tip to know whether or not it's actual post-acne scar is you'll visibly see a change in your skin topography where the surface of the skin and visible change in the skin. So with that, unfortunately, that will most likely require an in-office procedure to really help like Fraxel. Mm-hmm. Fraxel is really, really great. I've had a few friends who've gotten it done. Mm-hmm. The result's really good. Uh, Fraxel is lasering, I should also mention. <laughs> um, and something to add on to that, kind of going back to the moisturization mm. topic, is if you want to help with the scarring topically, mm. you'll notice that a lot of scar creams are actually silicone-based. Mm. That's, that's because it's a good, breathable occlusive. Yeah. So, again, it, it's really important to protect it and moisturize. Yeah. So... As someone who definitely advocates for just overall better acne care and, you know, just trying to break the whole, like, taboo around breaking out, I just want to say that patience is a virtue and just know that everything will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> After a while, I was just like, dude, there's bigger things to worry about. I'll be fine. Yeah, skincare is just one of those things. It's a marathon in life. Right. And, and um, we all go through it, too. Yeah. So, yeah. No big deal. So, woo, so that concludes Acne Therapy Corner. (laughs) (laughs) We will probably, at some point in the future, have a more in-depth acne-focused episode. But, yeah, um, Mm. hope that was helpful. Um, So we'll move on to our Decode.il tip. Yes. So for our Decode.il top tip, it's all about denatured alcohol. Is it really the devil? We get that a lot. (laughs) So um, it's... 
if you if you've ever visited Reddit skincare addict, if you read about uh, read other people's comments on our um Insta blog, you realize that people in the skincare in the no community really hate alcohol. The funny thing is, I didn't even realize this until we left our jobs. <laughs> you wanted to say the Oreo. <laughs> yeah, it's true because um. I mean, you know, when you we work with actives, it's always kind of that known thing that the easiest way to dissolve actives is via alcohol, mm-hmm. and that helps with penetration, right? And on the flip side, there's also um, the industry, whether or not we agree with it, is a different mm-hmm. story, but it trends away from traditional preservatives, mm-hmm. and alcohol is a very simple tool that helps with preservation without using a traditional preservative. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's good reason for alcohol to be in a formula. With oily skin, I will say, um, it's not an it's a pretty helpful tool. Mm. Yeah, it definitely can you know help remove that excess oil. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the important thing is after that you still need to moisturize. You know, right. don't don't just leave that as the final step so that you can go into your day oil free. Right. So. A more alcohol-centric toner is not a terrible idea for oily mm. skin because the reality is if you use a glycolic toner or something else that's more water-based, mm. you the oil actually blocks that kind of active from penetrating. Mm. So it, the alcohol takes out that excess oil mm. and everything else that follows it will work better. Yeah, so I think the overall decode that IL top tip is if you see denatured alcohol in your toner, there's no reason to freak out, especially if you see the toner has um, AHAs and cell acid, um, just remember to moisturize after. Yep. So in our next section, we want to talk about product troubleshooting that we kind of typically encounter for oily skin. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first question that kind of leads in from the decode that IL top tip is, do I need a toner? Ooh, we get we get asked routine based questions a lot. Mm. And the funny thing is, like before I started working in the industry, I was a firm believer in religiously following certain brand guides. If you tell me I need to do 20 steps, I will do 20 steps. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, it's not really necessary. No, it, it's it's really not. But um, a lot of acne regimens uh, do incorporate different, or just a cocktail of actives. Mm-hmm. So if you do use a BHA toner in format, it's fine, you know. Um, the only thing that I do want to mention is sometimes people use toners to refresh their mm. face throughout mm. the day. Um, so just don't apply BHA like five times a day because you're trying to, you know, like wipe away the oil. Um, just use a blotting paper instead. Yeah, just know that um, things add up. Yeah. So the, the, le- the level of BHA that's regulated by FDA is 0.2 to 2%. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, if you're using a 0.2% toner eight times a day, that's kind of overloading the exactly. skin. Exactly. So, yeah. So, and then I think the next uh, product that we are always told to use um, but can't stand using is sunscreen. Yeah, sunscreen is hard <laughs> for, I think, everyone all yeah. around. I think the minute you start your journey into finding better skincare, mm. you get that 
beating you get you get that beat into your head right sunscreen mm-hmm. sunscreen sunscreen it, it is important but it is hella painful right and you know for people who deal with acne um it becomes even more important in terms of post-acne mm-hmm. care um for my personal advice is to go asian sunscreen just because they have a wider breadth of chemical sunscreens that have better texture. I don't do well with minerals because a lot of times it just gets too heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, there's a little bit of drag um, in the finish. And so sometimes when you get that and then you're dealing with acne, it just overall is a very uncomfortable experience. Um, The other thing that people might gasp at is that i'm actually okay with people using spf 30 Mm -hmm. in this scenario um the overall idea is like you're better off wearing an spf 30 every day than like you have this spf 50 sitting on your vanity table and you only use it once every two weeks consistency is key (laughs) so the pro tip is if you are having trouble we're living in this global economy Mm -hmm. you should definitely google maybe top selling um sunscreens yeah Mm -hmm. in really swampy areas like say thailand and singapore (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i i my family's from taiwan it's hella swampy there i shop for sunscreen when i go back all the time there's one that we are gonna get around to looking at it's the purito centella spf 50 yes so many people rave about that we haven't gotten our hands on it yet but that's definitely on our radar yeah it's coming but so yeah. yeah all right so guess what it's time to break it up Break, break, break it up. <laughs> Gloria can't do it. She just can't bring herself I, to do you it. You know, I've done a lot of weird things for this project, and um, <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't. You what, know what? But, <laughs> I, I will come out with my own jingle for break up at some point. <laughs> I'm excited to say today's fun animal fact comes from me. I did the research. <laughs> Victoria doesn't know what, what I am about to say. So, oh, boy. Uh, I'm strapping yeah. myself in right now. Yeah. Well, we like to do this because, you know, it's like I always say that having a co-founder in anything is like having a long-term relationship. You, mm. have, to keep, you have to keep it fresh. <laughs> it's also a long-term relationship for the other people in our lives. <laughs> Sorry, boyfriend. <laughs> but anyway, so today's fun, questionably fun fact is that we're talking about monogamous animals. Mm. So everyone knows that swans are associated with love, right? Mm. You see swans over the over wedding cake toppers. Yep. It's just, it's just this ice sculptures. Yeah, it's iconic. They have this graceful figure, but there are a lot of other animals out there that are monogamous. For do, do tell, Gloria. For example, did you know that humans sometimes get this intestinal parasitic worm ca- called Schistosoma masoni? Schistosoma masoni. Okay. These parasitic worms. Is that a tapeworm? It's something of like a tapeworm. Oh, joy. So the male and the female actually hold each other in a tight embrace their entire <laughs> adult life. So, really? This yeah. is this is really the only monogamous am- animal you could find. Well, it's not the only <laughs> one, but I just find it really entertaining. <laughs> so, you know, your intestine is a rough environment for these parasites. They have to count on each other to survive that. Oh, no. And they hold on to each other and just keep pumping eggs in your intestine. 
Oh, joy. So, Mazel tov. If you're looking for a swan <laughs> alternative to your wedding cake topper, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to try to Google image that. I, I, I don't want to know. Anyway, but if you're looking for cuter alternative, there's um, Gabons and Prairie Voles. What are Gibbons? They're Gibbons? Gabons? Ebones. <laughs> there are these cute little monkeys. Oh. They um yeah they're not apes I think they're monkeys. They have these long tails. They mate for life. They're actually not just socially monogamous, which means you say you love each other, but you go bang other. Yeah, you don't want to get lost. They're they're mostly also sexually monogamous, mm. and you can find them in nature holding each other's hands and they oh. intertwine their tails. It's actually very cute. Another one is prairie voles, which mm. are the like. Like That's not one mice. I would have expected. Yeah, you would think mice are very... Um, anything rodent-like, you think like... They oh, bone anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that pizza rat probably boned the pizza afterwards. <laughs> but prairie voles are monogamous all around. And they're actually monogamous to a slightly insane level. Because like the males will get really, really stressed out if the female's like being courted by other other little prairie oh, wolves no. so they get very defensive and they're very very sad oh no so that's the animal fun <laughs> fact of the day so if you want tapeworm on your wedding cake or bonds, you're welcome <laughs> oh joy <laughs> i don't even know how to feel <laughs> victoria's not very impressed with the fun animal fact of the week i thought i was hungry but i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> So next week, we'll have Victoria find a fun animal fact. <laughs> I like it. It's cute. So to wrap up, I guess we'll move on to our confessions and also questions from our followers. Yeah. So, well, okay. I guess um, really the only confession for oily skin is that, like I said before, I still pop my pimples. Like, I can't help it. I, you know, especially, you know, you've got events you have to go to, you have important meetings, uh, you do all this makeup, but what's staring at you in the mirror is a whitehead. I'm <laughs> sorry, that's got to go. And I know everyone tells me not to do it. Um, Angela, our favorite esthetician. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she's just like squirming right now hearing this. But yeah, I'm sorry. It's the truth. <laughs> so I guess... I have to offer up a confession too. For oily skin, I guess I have to say that I don't ever get pimples. I get maybe one every two years. Damn you. (laughs) (laughs) I know it sounds like a humble brag, but it's kind of a problem doing chemist confessions because any oily skin or acne-related questions we get, I couldn't have it deflect to Victoria, right? Like, I know the theories, I know the science, but... The lack of personal experience makes me feel super fake if I'm answering. Like, oh, guys, it's going to be okay. It just sounds really douchey. I think I speak for everyone who has oily skin in saying, oh, no, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, if you have fine lines and dry skins, come to me if if you have oily and acne. Like, I'm probably someone that you really hate, but I want to add that Victoria's boyfriend is actually our most hated person. Oh. Because he is that guy that can just wash his face with dish soap and look perfect. Yeah, it's 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 actually infuriating. Mm. Like that man doesn't have to do anything and he 
has really nice skin. Yeah, we all have that. We all we all know that one person in their in our life. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, um, yeah. I think the I will say the great part is luckily our skin types are so different that、mm-hmm. we got you covered. <laughs> yeah, and that's funny because it wasn't intentional at all. Um, just. Like our names, <laughs> no <laughs> one planned for our names rhyming. But I have, like, we mentioned in the last episode, the number of times we get, oh my god, you're Gloria and you're Victoria. That's like <laughs> so cute, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, all right. And last but not least, it's time to answer a couple questions. Thank you for the question submissions. Yeah. So, first question is, how can you tell the skin is oily, not mixed? Or normal. I think they meant combination.、Mm. Um, okay, I will say if you're worrying about this, then most likely you're normal. <laughs> I will say oily skin types know that they're oily just by, you know, by 3 p.m. it comes around and you're just a big grease ball, and then the light catches just right, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so, and then I think、um, in terms of combo, you'll just see more of.、Um, Uh, a polarizing experience where you're both shiny in the T zone area, but you also have dry patches. So that's what I consider a combination. I just think combo skin people、um, have it the roughest、yeah. because, like, let's say you have acne issues, then perhaps it works well for certain areas,、yeah. but then it's ultra dry. You find dry patches come on when you、mm-hmm. use the BPOs out there. Yep. Um, and another thing to keep in mind is like this is something that's really hard because it's not it's not like you identify a skin type and you're、mm. done right. And this is why Victoria said if you're wondering at all, you might be normal、mm-hmm. because environmental reasons,、mm-hmm. um, sleep, stress, age, you know, all that kind of play、yeah. a part to and and your routine right、yeah. play a part to how you feel about your skin、yeah. and what might what you might need. Yeah. And I think that's why like skincare is such a fascinating world is because everybody the reason why everybody's skincare routine is so personal is because it keeps changing、mm-hmm. and your formula is your formula、mm-hmm. you know that's why you know take what we say and all of what the interwebs say just with a grain of salt because ultimately you know your skin best and you are the only one that's going to be able to troubleshoot your problems so. By the way, it's a really shitty way to market your own brand. <laughs> <laughs> But we do, we do support. We we are huge believers in. Try things, but try things in a meaningful way, right? right. Like that's why we push for transparency.、Mm. Um, it doesn't mean trans.、Uh, it doesn't mean knowing the percentage means you solve all your skin problems, but it's a start. It's a meaningful, meaningful start to. It's、everything. a logical start, as、right. opposed to just like you、Blinding、know hitting right hitting、yeah. the reset button on a whim because your skin care your skin is freaking out at the moment. Right. Next question. <laughs> all right. Next question. So. Favorite moisturizers for oily skin, and I guess controlling, yeah, controlling midday shine.、Um, so the best way is to go gel cream.、Um, if you're looking for that all-in-one solution,、um, our own Mr. Reliable moisturizer, Belief Aqua Bomb, Neutrogena's Hydro Gel Cream. Is it Hydro Gel Cream? Hydro Bomb. Hydro. Hydro something. It's、the、a blue, blue jar. <laughs> Which, by the way, they apparently have a new launch、um, for that line.、Um, those are all kind of a good place to start.、Um, 
I will say that if you are extremely oily or live in a very humid place, um, water gels basically are also can be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where we would start. Another thing that I think is more of a general sweeping statement, let's say you're browsing uh, a drugstore line, or I guess let's say you're browsing a beauty counter and um, you just don't even know where to start. If something says hyaluronic acid, I feel like the off chance of that being lighter, um, your, your chances are good with that. Yeah, and I agree with that. And another thing I would add is... Um Figure out if your skin likes um, silicones because yeah. the thing with these um, these gel creams and these lightweight moisturizers, a lot of them have some levels of silicones as the occlusive mm. in the formula because it's lighter and it's nicer. Mm. Um, and honestly, it works well for most people. Yeah. And I think it's a difficult category to figure out for oily skin people, right? Yes. Because in general, like the idea of a of occlusive just sounds terrifying. Yeah, that's actually a great point. Um, silicones and acne. I think people sometimes think silicones are the cause of breakouts. Mm-hmm. Um, when in actuality, I have a bigger problem um, with using anything that involves plant oils and butters or mm-hmm. naturals. Um, the reason being, silicones are a pure ingredient. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will, if you, let's say your skin really doesn't like it, you'll quickly know. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, you know that that's going to be 100% clean. And mm-hmm. in, in a chemi- from a chemist perspective, that's 100% clean. Versus a plant, like a blend of plant oils and butters, there's a lot of allergens. Um, there's it's a different fatty acid profile. You just don't know how that's gonna affect your skin, and it's a lot more complicated to troubleshoot. And I want to add that it's not something even a chemist like us can really tell from just reading the ingredient right, label, right? right. Like um, if I were a chemist, well, I am a chemist, <laughs> but <laughs> if, I, if I were to make a shape butter product, I have to do a lot of research mm-hmm. into. Who's selling me the shea butter? How pure is it? What's the profile on the impurities and whatnot? But as a consumer, you don't know that the brand has done that due diligence. Side note, Victoria hates raw shea butter. Do not buy raw shea butter. That's a stupid concept. Don't do it. <laughs> that just means we didn't bother purified jack shit. <laughs> that means I took a hammer to the <laughs> shea. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> yeah, anyway. All right, so that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, next time, you guys will be able to grill Gloria all about dry skin. And Victoria will just take a nap. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, submit your question on the post, on the yeah. blog post. and um, Or you can write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, it's wine o'clock this time, but... Yeah, we're uh, ready to go. Yeah, let us know what to drink next time. <laughs> yeah, take care, guys. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not getting cut out. <laughs> love me forever. <laughs>